This is Ifa Bayo. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's been emotional for these past couple of days. And I want to share with y'all. I am very grateful. So, before I start, let me welcome you in. Come on, sit in the back porch. As we have seen, it's already, I don't know where it is, what time it is where you are. We in the afternoon, and everybody done went and did something. So grab a seat, pull up, grab you some lunch or a little snack, get you something to drink. It definitely is three o'clock somewhere now. You can even pour you one. <laughs> Shit, if I was allowed to drink, I'd pour me a stiff one after these few days. Mm. But I got tea. So, <clears throat> excuse me, that's Toby Nguyenge, Shine, Shine on all of them. I love the song. It's, it rings true. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Happy holidays to all of y'all that celebrate, and if it don't, don't worry about it. Well, nice to gather with the family. It's emotional because I want to share with you some history. My history, my family history, and to let you know that you have to be mindful. You can't run from your past. You can't hide things. And you can't make your shit not smell. My mother and them grew up in Amen, Louisiana. And 
My grandmother and my great-grandmother, well, my great-grandmother and her sister raised their granddaughters because my grandmother wanted to go out and strike at fame. Their cousin's uh, mother, they didn't know why. I don't remember the whole story of why she was there. And their cousin would come every summer and spend time with them. So it was all girls. So it was my mother and her three sisters. It was their cousin and their other cousin. So it was five girls. With their grandmother, their grandmother's sister, and uncles and cousins and aunts and them. So my mother told me a story of um, how she was when she was growing up. I want to share it with y'all. I don't know who this story may have been, and I was wrestling with it, and I talked to my brother this morning, and maybe it'll help y'all. See, when my mother, let me just give you a hint. My mother didn't bite her tongue. She ain't sugarcoat shit neither, and I believe that's why all her kids are the way they are. You're going to say what it is. You're going to get it off your chest. Um, a lot of people are not comfortable with that, especially my cousins and my aunts and them. They're not comfortable with that. You know, my two aunts, they're not. They they believe in letting sleeping dogs lie and, you know, don't say nothing and, you know, shh. But it, it trickled over to us. When you don't speak and you don't speak up, it trickles over to the next generation and it repeats itself. If you don't say shit. So. Let me explain. My mother and them, like I said, it was five of them. And, you know, they would wash clothes and, you know, mend and work the yard and work at... My grandmother and them had a sewing shop. So they were a sewing shop, just in case. And they would go in there and sew. My mom's was a beast on the sewing machine. Like, there wasn't nobody fucking with her. And my nieces and them have it naturally because it's in their blood, right? But anyway... um. Now, after that, they would come home, you know, eat, play, do whatever. Because they were, you know, teenage girls. and Or preteens. Put it like that. Preteens. But they were big enough to do and they'd go to school, you know. So, back in those days, you got to remember, you know, in the 50s and 40s. Back in those days, you know, it was children were seen and definitely not heard. You know, and you did what was supposed to be done, especially in the South. Children were seen and not heard. Mm. So my mom would tell me how at night the uncles and them would come and try to mess with them. So they would sleep in their clothes or sometimes they wouldn't take showers because nobody don't want no smelly ass. Right. Hey, I'm vulgar. So I, I like to keep it honest. So they would sleep in clothes and they would sleep under each other and going through all of that made them close. Right, my mother and them, my mother and her sisters and them have a bond that is unbreakable, even in death. They have a bond. They do have a bond. And they cousin, you know, they cousin Beachy, like they have a bond. So they would. So if you try to unwrap them or try to touch them, you know, because they didn't want the women in the house to wake up, because they down there trying to mess with these young ass girls, and you know, it was, it was a norm. But they, you know, for, because the women back then, they would take up their, for their men. Even now, to this day and age, down there in, in Louisiana, yeah, 
Women will. They take them for their man before anything else. So they take care of their men. So if you a brother and you listening, take your ass down there in Louisiana. They take care of you. They sure will. So that's how they learned, you know. But my mom would also fight. So she was always labeled as. But my mom had a good heart. She always did. Her cousin said to me one time, she said, your mom would... When she walked in the room, you felt her presence. You knew who she was. But it wasn't nothing like she was arrogant or she, you know, came in there like she was like that. No, she was just her. Just her. Now, my mother had one pet peeve. If you thought she was better than anybody else, she ain't fuck with you. She left you over there. Once you figure you were better than everyone, ah, she, she wouldn't diss you. She just would move away. She would move her distance. And if you ask her, she will tell you. I don't know how you're up in there. I think you're better than anybody else because even birds come down and drink water. So, you know, and she left it like that. Don't ask her because she'd be like, you don't want me to answer you because I get the truth, right? So, anyway, <clears throat> it made them aware. So my mom would tell us these stories. And my aunt and them, they wouldn't tell their kids these stories. But my mom told us. So... If it was ever uncle or someone that would come by and if they made her feel some kind of way, my mother honored that. Like, uh-uh, don't come over here, touch these fucking kids, I'll beat the shit out of you. You know, you know your ass ain't bright over here. My mother would say something. So in turn, we say something. So we are labeled as, oh, Bobby's kids, nah, uh-uh, because we're not keeping silent. Now, let me tell you how it trickled over. My grandmother once dated this man named Selby. And if Selby's dead, God bless the dead. Then my aunt started dating him, right? See how that shit trickles over? So Selby would come by our house. Now, we're, we're, we're not grown, but we're teenagers. Selby would be like, oh, you looking sexy here. He go $20. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Uncle Selby. And he would still, oh, you're looking, you're looking right. Mm, I know you got a boyfriend. You got a boyfriend? You slept with my grandmother. You dated my aunt. Here you are. But if no one say nothing and no one checks them, then it it goes on. A predator, a person that preys on young girls or just on women, they don't have no pause button. I don't give a fuck how old they are. So I remember one time he was he came through and you know my sister was standing there, my sister Denise. And I remember telling my mom, like, you know, yo, he Uncle Selby, he cool and everything because he drove Cadillacs. I said, but damn, didn't he go with grandma and auntie? Like, why are you trying to talk to us? And my mother walked over to that car. She said, Selby, let me tell you something. These are girls. These are babies. We ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. So he would be like, no, Bobby, uh-uh, uh-uh. You know, I rode by the house. She said, that's good. That's all good and well. Thank you. She said, but these are babies. Act accordingly. But nobody else would say nothing. Nobody. My Uncle Don would, God bless the dead. And it's sad to speak ill of the dead, but these are the things that we had to live through because if my mother didn't say nothing, my aunt in them show wasn't saying nothing. So... I remember my Uncle Don, we would sit on this, you know how you sit on the step and you sit like, you know, with your head in your hand, you know, your legs slightly apart, you know, you're a kid. You're not thinking of showing your behind or showing anything. 
And he used to sit there and be like, y'all looking, looking good. We'd be like, yo, Uncle Don, get out of here, creep. And we would tell. But what about those kids that don't tell? What about those young ladies that think it's okay? That's not getting love from their parents. And here it is, an uncle or a cousin or an aunt or whoever showing them attention. And if your kids come to you and say something, do you be quiet? You still invite that fucking uncle or aunt and them to the picnic and the barbecue and over to Thanksgiving? Because my mom's was Czech people. My mother's not here no more. So I have an uncle, right? My uncle did, let's just round it out, 30, damn near 40 years in jail. My uncle's a narcissist. Yeah, I will say that. My uncle has a problem where he'll try to hype you up, but then disrespect you in the same tongue. Now, my uncle Don, God bless his dad, and my uncle Tatum would whoop his ass when he was young and drop him off in front of my mother's house. My mother would go around there, argue, fight, but he'll constantly do it. Now, this is my story. It's my, my story. And I'd be damned if anybody, because I love my mother beyond. Even in death, I love my mother. So my mother would babysit her because, I, you know, everybody in my family seems to think that uh, this story shouldn't be told. Or, you know, oh, let sleeping dogs lie. Yeah, you do that. I'm not. My mom used to babysit her cousin's kids. And my mom was 16. And while my cousin went, her her cousin went to work and her husband was an alcoholic and he was abusive and he would fuck everybody around. And he raped my mother when my mother was 16. So my mother had a child. 16 years old rape and you have to carry a child. But you didn't turn hatred toward nobody. You didn't. Kill nobody. You ain't do none of that. And you birthed this child. Now, for a little bit, because you got to wrap your head around it, you let your mother and, and your mother's mother raise him. And they did a hell of a job. Until he started getting older. Because you had more kids. And they said, hey, now is the time for you to take back your baby. She said, okay. Not once in her life did she treat him any different. Not once in her life. Did she separate him? She loved him even more. Now, as a parent, we, and there's a reason why I'm sharing this to you. As a parent, we have to make choices for our children. We have to make sacrifices as a parent. Because you don't want your children to grow up in this world with any hatred. And I have a belief that when... um, When you're pregnant, anything that you're feeling, your baby get the opposite of it. My mother had a lot of anger and hurt in her. In return, my brother's filled with nothing but love. He'll be be there for people even when people are not there for them. I've seen people be really ugly to my brothers. Each one of them. One time in their life. And they never lost their composure. They never lost who they were. And they didn't make the world pay for any bad or horrible act 
that was laid on him. That is amazing. But that came from my mom. So, my grandmother didn't raise my, my brother for, you know, from birth until a few years. And he grew up with my Uncle Julius and my Uncle Don. Now, as children, yeah, you may say, well, my mother is loving this kid and, you know, the sibling rivalry or whatever. But this is your nephew. This ain't your, your, your brother. It's your nephew. It has been years. And when I say years, longer than maybe some of y'all are listening to this podcast. My uncle still has hate for my brother. Years. As elders, we are supposed to protect our children and those that come under us. And be with them and try to guide them and nurture them. And, you know, encourage them to go further than what we can. But when you're toxic and you are broken, you only know hate, bitterness. Because it consumes you after a while. My brother has moved on. He is damn near 60. Living his life. My uncle still holds on to that. He will go to a family member and dog my brother out. So my cousins and all of them, right? My cousin, he wrote me and he was like, oh, we need to learn forgiveness because he just came home. You were a baby. And I'm sorry that your mom didn't allow you the beauty of sharing her story. But my mother told us. And the reason why she told us, no lie. She said, because one day y'all going to have to live in this world and I won't be here. So you're going to know the truth. She never sugarcoat nothing. She told. She spoke. And they tried at first. That's why I said the sister bond is amazing. They tried at first to paint my mother as, oh, she slept with him. That's why she was a whore. That was my mother's cousin. But my aunt and them finally stood up and told the truth. And my, her cousins finally told the truth. Right. But then come and find out he was sleeping with everybody around there. He was doing all kinds of things. He died. Okay. But don't 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 paint someone bad. Right? Now I know that may be like, well, you just dogged your uncle out. No, no, no. As children, you are supposed to be protected. The elders are there to protect the village. But it can't just be one elder. It has to be all. All the elders. The same way as these women which is my grandmother and them, and they may have had a great heart, but they slept while these men was trying to get at these women. And it was, since no one said anything, right? Because these women would have punished them. And in fear of being kicked out because of the men, I, I throw you out. And it's sad because in the black community, yes, I'm saying it, that reigns. I'll kick my children out before I kick my man out. And it's sad. So in order to not be kicked out, they had to stay silent. But when they got older, I don't know how my aunts and them were, but my mama was definitely, who, who? Because then she'll go off. Not under her watch was her number one saying. Not under my watch. I know you fucking lying. But she couldn't do it alone. Now, if my mother was alive today, my uncle would not have came near my brother to say anything. Because, see, my mother, at the end, my uncle came home the first time, 25 years ago, right? Because he, he did two bids. And <clears throat> she kicked him out of his house. 
Because she was like, no. My mother protected her children to the best of her ability. And she would go to hell and back for us. My aunts and them didn't have that luxury with their children. My mother did. And it's sad because instead of telling your children the truth, you choose to paint my mother's kids as the bad ones. And it's sad because to this day, I don't really rock with my aunt. I don't disrespect her, but I don't, I don't rock with her. I don't. Because she would rather go and, and talk about us and put us in a bad light. But yet and still, she'll call my brother and them and ask for help. And you got your own kids. And it's sad. Because my brother and them will call her. I, I, I'm like my pops in a lot of ways. And the sad part is, right? My aunt been married maybe about three or four times. My mother was with my father for eternity until both of them died. She would paint my father in such a negative light. And I remember sitting on the step one time and I asked my mom. And I was like, you know, why she always, you know, say something smart? She, she said, remember when you were a kid? So when my aunt came to my house one day and she told my mother, you know, you need to kick him out. You know, because my aunt was a party girl. My aunt was. My aunt Pat was a party girl. She wasn't, she wasn't that motherly thing. She was the party girl. I, I ain't mad at her. That's, that's her thing. We all have who we are, right? So she came to my mother's house one day. She was like, yeah, you need to kick him out. Because my father cheated on my mother one time. And my mother went to the girl lady house, whooped the lady ass, and hit my father in the head with a hammer. Okay, he didn't cheat no more. He didn't. So that ended that, right? So she was like, oh, he cheated on you. She said, one time. She said, oh, you know, he ain't shit. Oh, that's it. So... My mother said, I was sitting there, I remember, because I had them red shorts on. I used to love the color red. I still do. And she said, they called me uh, Soup. She said, Soup, open that refrigerator. I opened the refrigerator. She said, see that? Food in there, right? So my Aunt Pat was like, yeah, I remember that. She said, yeah. She said, that dude upstairs makes sure this refrigerator full. She said, and it's funny, because I'm ready to give you food, and you got a whole man at home. She said, turn that light on. So I'm sitting there turning the light off and on. She said, I ain't stop, goddammit. Because <laughs> I was flicking it off and on. I'm a kid. She said, that man upstairs, make sure these lights on for this month. She said, open that front door. So I opened the door. We had a door that you used to have to lift it and pull it up until they fixed it. Because my mother fought my uncle, but that's a whole nother story. But anyway, she lifted it and I pulled it open. She said, she seen any eviction notice? She said, no, because this is mortgage. This is mine. And she said, and the next time you come here, don't disrespect mine. She said, because that man upstairs, make it possible. She said, and matter of fact, he makes sure your kids got somewhere to stay. Honey. She definitely put my iPad in her place. Then I remember <clears throat> our house got burnt up, right? Our house caught on fire. I wondered why my mother never went to her sister's. She went to Big Ella. We stayed at Bigger Ella House for a few days. And then we wound up going back home. And we stayed at our grandmother's house. We stayed at Big Ella House. My Aunt Pat was living in Fushion and my Aunt Louise was living on 164th Street. My mother said, hey, strangers that help you quicken in your family well. She said, I love them. They're my sisters. She said, but, mm -mm. nope. She said, nope. And we stayed at Big Ella in them house. 
Then I asked my brother, I said, you know, my cousins and them are quick to pass judgment, right? I said, and you're quick to go over there, which is cool. That's great. I said, but um, none of them came to sit at my mother's side when she was at the hospital or when she was dying. They came to the funeral. They ain't coming to see her when she was sick. So why would I give a fuck, right? But that's just me. And it's being honest. I remember one time I told my cousin, I said, the wrong mother died. Y'all don't even love and respect y'all mother. We loved ours. We would go to war for hours, but she died. And that was my feeling. And then he told my brother, and he told me I shouldn't say that. But I was being real. My mother would voice her voice. She would say, she even would definitely correct her own mama. Correct her. That's why I'm not mad when my kids do correct me when I'm being wrong. If I'm being one way. Yes, correct me. I don't have a problem with that. My mom did it. So I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. When I'm wrong, don't do it because you're being selfish or being arrogant. No, no, no. But if I'm wrong, correct me. You have that right. I don't want to be out here making myself look retarded. My grandmother had a, a fire in her house. So she stayed with my mom and us. And my mother and my father slept in the living room and gave her the bed. My grandmother was also a party woman. You got five kids in this house, me and my husband. And every night you're going to bring a new man with you from the bar? No, we're not doing that. So my grandmother, when my mother confronted her and told her, my grandmother moved in with, you know, my sister-in-law, her grandfather, over on Liberty Avenue. And they lived a life. My mother didn't have a problem with correcting you. Right? If you did something out of pocket. That's okay. Was she labeled as being uh, a bully or whatever? No, she just spoke the truth. Straight up Scorpio. I love her to death. But she spoke the truth. But she earned that right. Because see, when you're quiet, they take advantage of you. And coming from the South. And being, pred being preyed upon from grown-ass men where the men and the women were there to protect you now. They never told her father because my grandfather was that guy. He would have put bullets in everybody's head. But she didn't tell him. So now she held that the same way. When you have functions and you have this, if it is mentally, spiritually, or physically, if they're abusive, to your children or to you. Why do you invite these family members over? Why don't you correct their asses? What is the fear? My God. What is the fear? How do you allow these people to still be here? How do you do it? You know, somebody told me and it was the best advice they ever gave me. Don't bring people out if you're not going to sweep in front of your own front yard. You're not going to expose the shit that's right here under your nose. I had to sit on that. So the first one I have to start with is me and my family first. So to let y'all know, if I don't have a problem with sharing that shit, anything else is up for grabs. And no, I'm not the, the reach of police and I'm not here to... But if you are abusive and you are raping or you are hurting, harming another human being, yo... That's not right. That's not what we came here for. My mom couldn't be the only gatekeeper. 
She the oldest out of 21 children. She can't be the only gatekeeper. So if you're quiet, you're doing more harm than good. You're hurting. You're worse than the motherfucker that's doing that. Because you can save them. So, and it doesn't have to always be sexual. It could just be manipulation. It could be the narcissistic shit. It could be the bullying. It could be all of that. So let me tell you, my uncle has this thing that he has to think that he can override you because he did so many years in jail that he's this man. Player, you didn't go for a body. So let's, let's end that. And I'm, I am really my mother's child. So my cousin made a statement to say that we are supposed to forgive and my brother's a preacher and we got to forgive. So you would rather have someone feel uncomfortable in their own home because somebody that is holding on to something for umpteen years because they are pettiness, because they are abusive, because they don't, they don't want to unpack the shit that they went through as a child. They don't want to go to therapy. They don't want no help. All they want to do is make you feel fucked up so you can give to them. Hell no. No, that would never happen. No. I told my uncle, I said, yo, you need therapy, man. You, you had problems with your mama. She did. You had problems with your father. Go, why you ain't going on that side of the family? Why you don't never talk about them? But no, you want to come to us and tell us we have to take care of you. My mother and her two sisters and on the first set of kids from your mama, that's your family. That's the, those are the people that should be helping you heal. Because your other sister's dead. She would have told you to kiss her ass. So, but why do we, the second generation, have to take care of you? I didn't put you in jail. I didn't send you. I wasn't born when your mother or whoever, your father left. That's, that's not my call. So why do I have to pay for that? And why do adults or don't want to tell their children the truth of the matter? Or you have to make people be, be, be responsible for you. Why? Why? I, that I'm not understanding. You're a functioning, grown-up, adult man. You should be able to take care of yourself. So why do I have to facilitate, pay, and condone all your toxic behaviors and your traits? Instead of you helping the youth or your nieces and nephew, you want to get into gossip and sit and talk about everybody. You're, you're supposed to be the example. So I'm telling y'all this because it happens, even in me, everybody. But this year, y'all have a family. Y'all have a gathering. And if your children are some kind of way or they get angry or start pissing in the bed or start doing these things, then look at the adults that are around. Because these are all signs. If your children don't want to bathe, if they feel like having nightmares, all of this, these are signs. If a grown people have to have to mentally say, yo, I'm not ready. I can't do this. These are signs. So why, if it's uncomfortable for you, why would I invite this individual? I don't give a fuck. McDonald's is still open on Thanksgiving. I don't care. We're not doing that. You want to help them? Send them to therapy. Send them to therapy or send them back to jail. Either one. It works for me. Or send them to God and let them act for forgiveness for themselves. I always go with the latter. But why would you invite family? Because you have these people Oh, well, we have to be forgiving and it's closer to God. Good, then let them go ask God because I, I shouldn't have to speak for them. God said, I'm, as long as I confess and believe, 
that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and all of that to repent. Repent itself. Uh, listen, no. And first of all, they tell us don't lie to God. So I'm going to sit here and be like, God, please, I forgive them. And I still hold hatred in my heart. Are you retarded? No. I remember when I was going to church and the girl said, you know, you should ask for forgiveness for hating your husband. I said, no. She was like, why? I'm not going in the house of the Lord to lie. God, kill him. Like, why, why, are you, why are you still allowing him to live? She was like, no, no, no. You have to pray for forgiveness. Listen, I'm going to be honest with that man up there or woman or whoever lives upstairs. I'm going to be honest with them. I don't like him. He, he is a narcissist. He is crazy. And if you don't do it, then shit. What, what are you doing? Who's working at HR? Like, let's, let's figure this out. And it's for real. People always say, oh, my God, you know, you can't be honest all the time. You know where you stand with me. And when my uncle called me last night, I told him, lose my number. Oh, you're going too far. No, lose my number. You're calling me and you're going to try to bash my brother that you haven't seen in 25 years. And he never did nothing to you. He was a child, a baby that your mother and your mother's mother raised until he became an adolescent. And you're holding animosity and you have the audacity to say, oh, he's jealous of me. He was a baby. You don't see nothing wrong with that? Like every, that's the only conversation you can have when you get around him. Oh, he's jealous of me. Oh, he's jealous of me. Because uh, you did 40 years in prison. He's jealous of you for that. Are you retarded? Do you hear yourself? And that's what I'm telling him. I'm like, yo, make it make sense to me. Oh, and you're aggressive. No, I'm being honest. So nobody's not confronting you. So instead, everybody want to throw shit under a rug, like normally in a, in a black community, in a black household, just throw it under a rug and pray it away. No, no. And I'm sitting, I'm talking to my brother, and I'm like, yo, even when we were kids, if somebody would have said something, like, stop, with my aunt, when my grandmother was dating a guy, and now you're talking to her daughter, somebody should say, hey, yo, nah, we ain't doing that. But instead, it took my mother. That's it. That's it. Everybody else was silent, sweeping under the rug. No, pull a foot. That's why I tell you no lie. When a lot of things came out about my family, my mother pulled, we used to have a rug, black and red rug in the living room. She pulled it all up. Because my aunt and it was like, you know, you got to let things sweeping under the rug. She went in that house and pulled the fucking rug. My mother was very visual too. So she pulled the whole fucking rug up. She said, that's the fucking problem. Y'all keep everything under the rug. And she pulled that goddamn black and red rug up. She wouldn't put rugs on the floor. She put it on the wall. She said, fuck it. Put it on the wall. Don't put it on the floor. Because she said, that's what y'all do. Y'all put shit under the rug. But the next generation has to suffer. It doesn't always have to be sexual. It can be mental. So this year and every other year, we're not talking about generational curses. I, I, don't, I don't deal with that. I'm talking about cycles of abuse, mental, physical, spiritual. This is the time. No more putting it under the rug. No more sitting like, it. oh, it ain't my family. Okay. No, no. Because if, it, if you don't stop it, that shit trickles to the next generation. I got six granddaughters. Do you know I don't even feel comfortable to have my uncle around my kids? Nah. When my brother was like, well, he around mine. That's good for you. Because you sitting there and you're doing all of that. That I'm not doing. 
I love you. If that's my brother. I love my brother. I'm going to be there for my brother. But guess what? When you fuck up, I'm going to let you know. No, the same way my mother did, I'm going to do. But we're not going to do this. Oh, I have to uh, abuse you mentally or make you feel bad or talk about you or assassinate your character. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. So y'all should already know about me. If I don't accept it from my family, you know I'm never accepting it from a stranger. And the sad part is, I'm in therapy and I had to unpack all of this because I wondered why I went through all of the mental abuse when I was getting in the religion. Like, why did I accept it? Because it was a norm in my family. Now I understand. I get it. I get it because it's a norm in your family, but it's not normal. It's not right. No one should ever talk to you or make you feel like you are less than or beneath no, no, your family, if they're toxic, leave their toxic ass just where they are. No, I'm not even clapping for you. I, you don't exist. No, oh, well, blood is thicker than water. And many a times I don't see blood. I see water. But guess what? They both are liquid. So both of them can evaporate, disintegrate, and both of them can sit their asses over there. I like a foundation. I like substance. Give me a firm foundation. I don't like liquid. Give me some bricks. Give me Malta. Give me something to stand on. Because between water and blood, you're going to soak right through. So no, I don't want that. So it's very sad to see how we will blatantly accept disrespect from our own family. And we will not hear the voices and cries of our children. And for y'all women that would choose a man over your children, I pray for you. I pray that your mind get right and I pray that you get therapy. I do. Now I ain't talking about, oh, me and my man, we do all of this and my children are ungrateful. If you are throwing your kids out because your man looked at your daughter, you need therapy and he needs to go to jail. It's, uh, it is nothing else around it. But we have to stop sweeping shit under rugs and stop accepting because that's our uncle or our aunt or that's our grandmama or our cousin or our son or our daughter. No, 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 no. It's not acceptable. If you want to go get family counseling, great. If you still see there's hope, great, great. Go get some counseling. Set up barriers, bond, boundaries. You know, but all that forgiveness with, oh, it's the season. And, you know, he did time in jail. That's what my cousin really wrote. He did time in jail because he, he's, he's the man of God. And, you know, we all, you are a baby and you, you won't even see it. But I'm not, you won't give me your toxic stuff and think I'm going to pack it in my suitcase. I'm unpacking my shit every day. And the first one you have to start with is you, as well as your surroundings and your family dynamics. Some people, we just related by blood. That's it. That's all. I didn't fill an application. And I'm not mad. My moms, my moms would make sure that her family was there. But she didn't, she didn't uphold the crazy shit 
Because that wasn't in her DNA. And it's sad. It's really sad. Talk to your kids. Tell them. You know, we was talking today and you have some family members like, oh, I'm not telling because my kids are going to look down on me. My mom did not care. And I'm grateful that she did it because it lets me know, one, my mother was human. And I told you, when I was in school, everybody had, like, people they look up to. Oh, that's my, that's my idol. I'm looking up. So when they told us to write, I wrote my mommy and my daddy. So my friends was like, you can't idolize them. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. Because my mother was human. My father was human. They let us know their flaws. They let us know they can make mistakes. We didn't make the best choices, but we made the choice that we had to do right then and there to make sure that you were safe. And you had a roof over your head and your belly was full. That's it. At the end of the day. And like I told my brother, you didn't know what they had to choose from. So, but they never put that on us. They didn't make us go out there, well, you got to work and take care of the bills and all that. No, they figured it out. Both of them. They figured it out. And for that, we was grateful. And some parents are not meant to be mamas. They don't have that gene in them. So our house stayed with other kids. And it's so sad. But my mom's held all that. When you went too far, she definitely put you in your place if you tried to disrespect her. But majority of the times, she held that. She never went down south and talked bad about us. She told them the truth. My brother was in jail. It was like, how your son? She said, I, already, I know y'all already know, but he in jail. He got locked up. So she didn't lie. And she made sure she took care of him while they was in there. What he was in there for, he was stealing. What he's in there for, selling drugs. She ain't, she ain't sugarcoated. She ain't sit there and tell everybody, oh, y'all got to get him out. No, his ass deserved to be in there. He was selling drugs. I don't know why he was selling it. That's on him. But he doing his time for it. So she went, when they, she went down south, she told on her. So now what? You don't, you don't have nothing to gossip about. Because I told you what happened. But it's really, really sad to see elders in my family, right? I don't know about y'all, that would rather participate in the gossip, the bullshit, the petty things, instead of uplifting the next generation. So I have every right. I don't know about y'all, but me, I have every right to keep that away from my grandchildren and my children. Why? They're going to have to deal with enough out in this world that I have to make sure they equip with each and every fucking day. I'd be damned if I have to have them deal with it in their own fucking family. That's supposed to be meant for elders. They weren't raised that way. They had their grandfather and their mom, their grandmother. They had their aunts and their uncles. They had their cousins. They didn't have toxic uncles that would sit there and gossip about other cousins and family members. They didn't have that. They know it exists in the world, but they didn't have that. So my job is to make sure, yeah, you know what happened. Make sure they're aware. And to make sure that they hold on to the examples and the lessons and the wisdom that was passed down for all those generations. They knew their great-grandmother, their grandmother, and they knew their grandfather. And they were in their great-uncles and aunts in them lives. They all knew these kids, except for him because he was in jail. But everybody else, they knew. They didn't tell them to get out. They didn't tell them, you know, none of that. Nobody bothered them because we was on watch. We already knew. We didn't forget, so now we on watch. 
And if my kids would have said, nah, I don't want to go to Uncle John's house. Okay, well, let's go somewhere else. Oh, I don't want to go and see this one. No, okay. So they knew, and they knew the history because my mother told them as well as we did. But if they sit, even my now, my grandchildren, if they go, no, I don't want to go to Uncle such and such. Why? Uh-uh, I'm not going to force them. Or why they got coming? I don't like them. Well, you're not welcome back. Let me give you a perfect example. My granddaughter. My daughter and them, they have a friend, right? It's a guy named Billy. So he never did anything wrong. But my granddaughter told him, we have cameras in our house. Don't steal our toys. And he said, I don't want to steal. She said, we watching you. So when she said, Grandma, uh, gum gum, I don't like Billy because I think he steals. I said, okay, because he going to steal our toys. I said, okay, I don't like Billy neither. So every time Billy would come around, we were sitting there. I don't like you. And get the toys. She would put all the toys in the room. My daughter thought it was funny. But guess what? She would know that that, that, that reiterates. Now, y'all may laugh, but guess what, the, guess what the knowledge and the method is with that? All of them would know to go to Gum Gum. Because if we tell Gum Gum something wrong, Gum Gum going to stand by our side. See, you got to meet children and people where they are. So when they told me that, I said, yep, I check Billy, check, check his jacket out. Make sure he ain't got no toys. And my daughter's sitting there laughing. And I told her at the end, I said, I guarantee you something. She said, that's good because I always want them to come to you. I said, that's right. Because my job as the elders, keep watch at a village. While they sleeping, I'm up. Because see, when they up, Gum Gum going to get a nappy. But Gum Gum is watching the village. Y'all may sit there and act like, but we live in times where it is now okay for children to walk around with guns that's not of our color and they can go and blow somebody's brains out and walk out of the justice department like it's okay. You got dudes now that are raping and hurting little girls, the majority of them are fathers and family members. I am not doing that. And if they don't feel comfortable, you don't have to be uncomfortable in your own house or anywhere else. Because of a family member, we're not doing that neither. And if you're around someone that's spiritual and you feel like, no, or they touch me or whatever, I'm not going to tell you, go back over there. No, no, never. So now you understand. I don't deal well with having people do things to people. I have a motto. If you can't help them, don't hurt them. If you don't have time and space for them, let people know, listen, I love to talk to you. Can we re, you know, can we reschedule? Because I'm not in a place to give you space to come and talk. But if you need to talk right now, I can find someone that's trust and reliable. Because I have people that you can talk to that are reliable, that will sit and talk to you all hours of the night. I got people on shifts. This is a crucial time. These are the times where people start committing suicide. The majority of them is because no one heard me. No one listened. No one listened to my cries. I'm listening. I'm here. I share my stories, my experience, my life with you all. Because I want y'all to know. We do fight things daily. Daily. We fight shit. We got to go through shit. And if we got kids and family members we're in charge of, we got to protect them too. And this world is beautiful, but some of the people in it can be so ugly. And my moms knew that first fucking hand. First hand, she knew it. She learned that lesson at 16. And they had to protect themselves 
since she was a little girl. So she knew how this world can be. But she didn't, she didn't make the world pay. But she stood her ground. She stood her fucking ground. And when I tell you that lady went out fighting, she sure did. Until at the end when she told my brother and me, where I'm going, y'all can't go. Not yet. And she went peacefully when she got done. I always believed that, you know, my mom's taught us that before you die, you travel. Go see your past and you see your future. And if it's not right, that's why those people, they get hot. They don't want to go. That's why we call traveling. So if my mother went in to see us now this day, then I know that she knew we would be able to take care of ourselves. So she went peacefully. And we have a saying, once, the, once you go, God opens up the, the, the sky and it rains to take your, your prints, your footprints off the earth because you're not coming back. You did your job and you're not coming back. He wiped all your footprints off. That's the story they told us when we was kids. And when my mother died, the sky opened up and it rained here in New Orleans and Louisiana. And my aunt said, her job is done. She ain't coming back this time because God wiped her footprints off the, off the world. She did her job. She finished her destiny. And when my pops died, I know he wanted to make sure to see his grands and his great grands. But he traveled and seen enough. So once we left off the beach, it was nothing but blowing white roses. Somebody had put them up there, but they were so beautiful. And I said, okay, Pops, I know you good. I know my mother left knowing that we'll be okay. We'll have some bumps and bruises in the roads, but we'll still, at the end of the day, we'll be okay. And I know she's gonna watch over us each and every day. Of her, of her turning until we all meet again. But I also know my mother would not make herself uncomfortable or allow anyone to come and disrupt her peace or her children's peace. One time, she even told my brother and them, y'all take your asses over there. She even told me. She, it was a snowstorm real quick. It was a snowstorm. I said, Ma, you got to babysit because I have to go to the welfare. She got up. She put the snowsuit on my son and my daughter, and she tied them to my leg. She put Didi and Shaba. She put a blanket. She had them in there. She put the blanket on top of them with the pillow, and she put the plastic on, and she took them to the door. She said, take them with you. She said, because I'm not babysitting no more. I had to go in a snowstorm with my kids. Yeah, sound fucked up, right? She said, no, but I, I understood. I understood the assignment because... If I would have went to the welfare, I wouldn't have came straight back home. And my mother was tired. She didn't want to babysit no kids. And they weren't hers. They were mine. Her lessons were harsh, some would say. But it definitely taught me. These are your kids. You fucked and laid them. That was her thing. These yours. Take care of them. You brung them here. Take care of them. And I sure did. After that day, I cried. I ain't going to lie. I cried because I did. I wanted to go and hang out afterwards. And I cried. And I went back home. And, you know, I took their stuff off. We brought a fish sandwich. If you're from New York and you know something, you know what that means. Fish and french fries from the fish store. And we sat there and watched TV. And she came upstairs. She said, you good? I said, yeah. She said, okay. And she didn't have to worry. I took my kids with me wherever I went. It was a hard lesson, but I learned it and I appreciate it. I went to the welfare and came right back, did what I had to do and bring my ass back. 
And we sat there and we ate and we took us a little nap. And I got up, I made them something to eat. And when my friend was like, you coming out? I said, nah, I gotta keep my kids, man. I said, nah, it's time for me to be a mom. And that was it. That was it. So I normally give y'all spells and, or some, some kind of spiritual work. This time I wanna give you a reality check. It's okay to leave your toxic family members, spiritual people, whoever, the fuck alone. You do not have to feel guilty. You don't have to have somebody kind of guilt trip you into doing that shit. You do not have to invite them for your fucking Thanksgiving. If, listen, if auntie and uncle are known fucking pedophiles and they want to touch little boys and little girls, don't let them in your house. Don't make your kids feel uncomfortable. Don't do that. If your aunt or uncle are narcissists and manipulators and all they want to do is fucking talk bad or sit there and gossip and spread fucking nasty rumors or all of that and lies on people. Don't have them in your fucking house. It's okay. It is. Oh, I'm telling you, it's okay. And you don't need to feel no regret and sleep like Jesus did doing slavery. Live your fucking life. I'm telling you that it is okay because you don't have to sit there and go through any kind of trauma because you want this person to come and eat break, break bread with you and eat dinner because you want to sit there and be thankful under the eyes of God. God said to go out and, and be amongst everybody on the highways and byways. He definitely ain't nowhere in the Bible does it say to be stupid. It ain't say to be a victim. He said, I'll make you the head, not the tail. That's what he said. He said, touch my, not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. He said, um, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me walk down. What? To lie down. He, he, you'll sit in front of your enemies. He didn't say that, yo, you can go back to the uncles and aunts that's doing all the toxic and unhealthy and crazy shit for you to sit there and be like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this and sit there and tell your therapist and all that. No, go get therapy. Unpack all that shit and go heal and leave those fucking toxic people alone. That's, that's my uh, spell and work and advice and realness to you today. Don't hold on to that. That's wrong with a lot of people right now. You're carrying suitcases and luggage that don't have nothing to do with you. It's time to unpack. That's the name of this one. It is time to unpack and leave that shit. Stop wearing other people's panties and bras. That's, that's how I feel. Wearing they nasty shit because you sitting here accepting this shit. No, no. Time to unpack, ladies and gentlemen. We're going into 2020. 2022. It's time to unpack. You don't have to live like you are a, a fucking victim no more. It's no more of that. Let's heal. Let's unpack this shit and go and live our life. Because we're not doing this no more. It's time to unpack. <laughs>